Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Evidence mounts. Forget drip, drip, drip. A torrent of new revelations backs up the case against President Trump as he openly urges another country to investigate his political rival. They should investigate the Bidens. Will the impeachment probe reveal even more troubling conduct? And closing ranks. Confronted with the president's own words, prominent Republicans struggle to come up with ways to dismiss them. I don't know if that's a real request or him just uh, needling the press. After the president attacks one GOP critic, will the bulk of his party toe the line? Republican presidential candidates, former Congressman Mark Sanford and Joe Walsh, join me to discuss next. Plus, Democrats respond. Senator Bernie Sanders recovers from a health scare as the impeachment uproar threatens to drown out the Democratic primary. Focus on this man, what he's doing. With months left in the primary campaign, who's standing out? I'll speak to presidential candidate Senator Amy Klobuchar next. Hello, I'm Dick Tapper in Washington, where the State of Our Union is watching the evidence pile up. We begin this morning with some breaking news. The lawyer for the first whistleblower now tells me he is also representing a second whistleblower who has spoken to the intelligence community, Inspector General. The news, first reported by ABC, is another development that could play into the impeachment inquiry into President Trump. And it's just the latest in a stream of new evidence this week, backing up the original whistleblower complaint against President Trump, including Notably, the president's own public call for not only Ukraine, but for China to investigate his potential 2020 rival. But perhaps most damning, House Democrats have obtained text messages between three senior U.S. officials discussing what looks like a quid pro quo in office of X in exchange for Y with Ukraine, including this exchange. Quote, heard from White House, assuming President Zelensky convinces Trump he will investigate, quote, get to the bottom of what happened in 2016, we will nail down date for visit to Washington or this text from a senior U.S. diplomat in Ukraine. Quote, as I said on the phone, I think it's crazy to withhold security assistance for help with a political campaign. We should note we invited the White House on to answer questions on the show this morning. They did not offer a guest. We also invited both of the president's personal lawyers, Rudy Giuliani and Jay Sekulow. They declined to appear. We invited every member of Senate leadership and the top House Republicans. They all declined or did not even respond. The Trump White House no longer holds regular press briefings or any press briefings at all. And so on one of the most critical news weeks of the last three years, here are just three of many questions that we feel need to be answered. One, why did senior U.S. diplomats believe that U.S. military aid was being withheld as a tool to pressure Ukraine to announce an investigation into the Bidens and into attempts to undermine the Mueller investigation. Two, can this White House name another instance, just one, in which President Trump personally pushed a foreign leader to investigate an American citizen who was not one of his political opponents? Three, 
Would you think it entirely appropriate for a Democratic president to use the power of his or her office to demand foreign governments conduct investigations into Republicans and their families? As always, the invitation for an official to answer these questions stands. Here with me now to talk about this are two Republicans who are speaking out and challenging President Trump for the Republican presidential nomination. Former Congressman Mark Sanford and former Congressman Joe Walsh. Uh, Congressman Sanford, let me start with you. The president called for both Ukraine and China to investigate Biden. He did that publicly. We saw new texts showing U.S. diplomats pushing the Ukrainians to announce a probe if they wanted a White House meeting. A U.S. diplomat expressed concerns that military aid was being withheld, awaiting that announcement for an investigation into the Bidens. You have said the impeachment inquiry is justified. Would you vote to support such an inquiry if you were in the House of Representatives? Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I, I suspect so. Uh, I, I, again, I think we need to take this incrementally. I mean, I think to your point, there ought to be a vote before we go into the inquiry. If you look at the last three impeachments, uh, and in fact, one in which I actually took the vote, you, you, you formalize the process as opposed to having an open-ended process, which is the route that Pelosi is taking right now. But so you're not sure that you would I vote for vote it? In terms of inquiry. Yeah, the inquiry. What's that? I would take the vote in terms of inquiry. Uh, I ultimately, as I've said previously, I don't know that ultimately impeachment's the best way to, to go. I think probably censure is, given the fact that we're this close to an election. But that's a larger conversation. Would I want to investigate this? Yes. Uh, Congressman Walsh, what do you say? I, I don't understand that. With all due respect, Mark, this president deserves to be impeached. Jake, nobody from the White House and no high-level Republicans are on this show today because there's nothing to defend. This president betrayed his country again this week. Would I vote if I were in Congress on the inquiry? There's enough we know now to vote to impeach this president. He stood on the White House lawn this week, Jake, and told two additional foreign governments to interfere in our election. That alone is impeachable. This is a strong term I'm going to use, but I'm going to say it on purpose. Donald Trump is a traitor. Now, I know there's a lot of talk about treason, right? People on both sides, Jake, have been irresponsible using that word treason. I'm not accusing this president of treason. Our founders were very specific as to what treason is. But when you look at traitor more broadly defined, this president betrayed our country again this week. And it's not the first time he did it. Excuse me, I don't know that we should move forward incrementally. This president needs to be impeached, Jake, just based on what he himself has said. And Republicans better get behind that. Congressman Sanford? I respectfully disagree. Um, in other words, the nature of a process is not to come to the conclusion at the beginning of it. Uh, and, and so for people to just step out and say he needs to be impeached is to actually dis, d diminish and discard with the very process that's that's laid out by founding fathers. And so I, I do think we ought to be incremental. Are there very troubling charges out there? Yes. Do they need to be investigated? Yes. But to jump to conclusion, say he needs to be impeached. What he's done is treasonous is to say we're not going to go through the very process that the founding fathers laid out. Well, you, Jake, you go through the process. But again, Mark, with all due respect, the president of the United States, and this is not the first time he's done it, is telling foreign governments to interfere in our election. And here's another thing. He asked China this week 
to investigate his fellow Americans, if that alone, and that's what our founders feared, Jake, Mark, if that alone isn't impeachable, then nothing is. Yes, begin the process. But, but, but let's, but, uh, uh, let, let's, begin, let's go with, begin with the end in mind, which is, again, are there troubling charges? Yes. Could you make the argument that you are making? Yes. But do you think you can get 20 Republican senators to go along with that argument? The answer is no. That's why David Brooks wrote an eloquent column last week saying that while there was certainly reason to move forward, it didn't make it politically prudent because ultimately an impeachment query is not a legal query. It's not in the judiciary. It's a political move. And so the question in this political season is, do we want to completely wipe out the Democratic debate that's taking place amongst the Democrats and some degree of a Republican debate that we're trying to have, Joe, as to what we believe as a country, where we want to go, what's important to us, because the giant sucking sound will be this impeachment query sucking every other piece of debate, both in Washington and outside Washington at the door. And the question is, from an elitist standpoint, should 100 senators make the call on whether or not this president stays in office? Or should we, in fact, have that query come come next November? I, I think that's legitimate. And I think that there's precedent here. Andrew Jackson in 1834 was censured. And again, it said, we're not going to say nothing, but we don't know that we can actually pull off a change. Therefore, we're going to let the people decide. Let me just, I want to just want to get some clarity, uh, Congressman Sanford. Do you th- worry at all about a precedent where it is acceptable for a president to use the power of his office to pressure foreign leaders, especially of countries that really need U.S. help, like Ukraine, to pressure them to investigate rivals. Because if that precedent is acceptable, and I hear people in the president's camp saying that's okay, do you worry about that? Because that that doesn't just end with the Trump presidency. It it goes on forever, right? Right. I I completely agree with you. Let me be 100% clear. I don't think it's right. End of story. The question is, what do you do about it? And that's a more complex question, which is, you know, do you look at censure? Do you look at impeachment? What does impeachment entail? This is where it's worth everybody reading David Brooks' column of last week, because, again, he argues articulately that what's done here is wrong. But the question is, what do you do about it? And that's where it it does become more complex. Do I want to set this precedent? No. And again, politics be damned, being politically prudent be damned, Jake. We have a president who stood in front of his country and said, I want a foreign government interfering in our election. That can't be accepted. That's wrong. That's impeachable on its face. I want you to respond. I want to play some sound. No, um, but but what you don't, what you, but wait, 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 what you don't want to do, what, what you don't want to do is give Trump the reason to be able to say, I was absolved of guilt. That will set more precedent going forward than doing something like a censure. Because if you don't come up with the 20 Republican senators on the, on the, on the Senate side, guess what? He's not impeached. And therefore, you do set precedent going forward on, again, what he did. And guess it must be okay. He got cleared by the Senate. He wasn't impeached. Let me, let me I just, think uh, it is worse Mark, that's Washington, D.C. gobbledygook. That's was- either the Republican Party stands up now and says, a- no, either the Republican Party stands up now and says, we 
oppose this. We oppose collusion. We oppose foreign governments interfering in our election. Either we stand up with one unifying voice with that right now, Mark, and we don't get involved in the gobbledygook of censure or impeachment, or is it politically prudent? How about we Republicans do what is right, sir? I, I completely agree. But you know what? We have process in this democratic form of government that we, we own for a Begin reason. Begin the process. Which is to say, you can call it gobbledygook, but process matters. That's why I so, think it's important to actually begin the process with an impeachment vote, which is what's taken place on the three previous is that impeachable, impeachment Mark? queries. Mark, is that impeachable? What's if, that? A, if a president tells a foreign government to interfere in our election, uses the power of his office to benefit him politically, is that impeachable or not? Absolutely. In other words, is it okay. wrong? Yes. No, is it but impeachable? But the question of is it impeachable is, a, again, a political call based on the construct Make your of what political the founding fathers call now. gave us. Do you think it's impeachable? I do. Do you think that uh, again, alone is what impeachable? You and I think is irrelevant to the larger process that's in play and what's going to happen next. And I'm simply saying, let's look at what are the costs. The costs in this case, if we proceed, are there is going to be no focus by CNN, Fox, and everybody else on what the Democrats are talking about and what the Republicans are talking about. We are going to supersede this national election that's before us with an impeachment The focus query. is this president. And we have to say, as we weigh the these things, what's the better? The focus is so, this so, president. So, so I just, we only have about a minute left. Uh, this has been a great debate just to sit here yeah. and watch. Uh, Congressman sure. Walsh has said he's not voting for President Trump no matter what, period. Uh, end, of, end of story. Uh, Congressman Sanford, you said in August that you would vote for President Trump over former Vice President uh, Joe Biden in 2020. Do you still feel that way today, if those end up being the choices? I don't know. I mean, I, I, again, what I've said is I'm an issue guy. And so, for instance, Elizabeth Warren, I just read in this morning's paper, is proposing to tack on another $2,300 of additional spending for Social Security, even though the system's already bankrupt. I'm going to base my decision based on who's closest to me with particular regard to debt and deficit and government spending, where I think we've gone off the tracks in mm. Washington, D.C. Congressman Walsh, final word. Jake, I'm running against President Trump because he's unfit and he's a clear and present danger to this country. There's no way in hell I would vote for him in November. The election is about Trump, period. All right. Thanks to both of you for the spirited debate. We appreciate it. Thanks for being here. And we'll have you both on again. Uh, coming up, Democrats say that they have found the smoking gun in the case against President Trump. So are they ready to convict the president now? Senator Amy Klobuchar will join me next. And in 2008, Vice President Mike Pence explained his thinking on impeachment. It's safe to say he's changed his mind. Stay with us. Welcome back to the State of the Union. I'm Jake Tapper. Former Vice President Joe Biden is taking on President Trump directly this morning, calling him, quote, wholly unfit to lead. In a new Washington Post op-ed, Biden writes, quote, Trump is frantically pushing flat-out lies, debunked conspiracy theories, and smears against me and my family, no doubt hoping to undermine my candidacy for the presidency. But it won't work because the American people know me and they know him, unquote. To be clear, the Ukrainian prosecutor general says, that he has seen no evidence of any wrongdoing by Hunter Biden, the vice president's son. 
Joining me now, 2020 presidential candidate and a member of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Senator Amy Klobuchar. Senator, thanks uh, for joining thanks, us. Jake. I want to ask you, your fellow Democratic senator and 2020 opponent Elizabeth Warren said on Friday that she had seen enough evidence to convict President Trump in an impeachment trial in the Senate. Take a listen. You seen enough evidence to convict yourself? Yes. So you, you would vote right now to... to Look, I, I think the evidence is clear. When Donald Trump released the transcript in which he solicited a foreign government to interfere in the 2020 elections, he broke the law. Senator, would you vote to convict President Trump right now? Jake, I have been very clear. I think this is impeachable, that the uh, case should be heard by the House and it should come over to the Senate. Now, I don't know what <clears throat> counts they're going to have or how they're going to do this, but my focus is on the fact that you've got a president that's acting like a global gangster. He is basically uh, going to one leader after another, trying to get dirt on his political opponent. I consider that a violation of our laws. I consider it a violation of the election laws. You've got the smoking gun document, but now you're getting even reports of another whistleblower uh, that is going to back up what the first whistleblower says. So I am really, really uh, focused on getting the evidence out for the American people and really calling on our Republican colleagues uh, to take this on in the serious matter to put the country uh, in front of their own partisanship as we get this very serious case that I believe will come over from the House. That's right. And just to reiterate for those just tuning in, uh, the whistleblower attorney, Mark Zaid, who represents the first whistleblower, has confirmed that he is now representing a second whistleblower, uh, somebody who has spoken to the Intelligence Community Inspector General and has firsthand accounts uh, that back up the first whistleblower. But let me ask you, your answer there sounded like you were saying the impeachment process should go forward. This is impeachable. But you didn't say that you would be ready to convict right now. I understand that you're a believer in the process. Do you think it's irresponsible for senators who will be essentially jurors to say right now that they would vote to convict. Is that irresponsible? I think people will say different things. I personally, as a former prosecutor, like to look at all the evidence because you might convict on a number of counts and not on another one. That's not really the point here, Jake. The point is that we have some of our Republican colleagues that are basically treating this as a joke with very few exceptions. Um, and they are the ones that's going to matter because we're going to need something like 20 Republican votes to get up to 67. Uh, you look at the fact that uh, we've had a few glimmers of people trying to look at this differently. Senator Grassley defending the whistleblower after President Trump attacked the whistleblower as a spy, basically implying that he should be executed. Uh, you had Senator Romney uh, just this last weekend being willing to come out and say what was very, very wrong about making these uh, kinds of threats when you're in the middle of trade negotiations with China, using the leverage that should be used to help our farmers and our workers, and instead trying to use it to get dirt on an opponent or the fledgling democracy of Ukraine. So I'm mm -hmm. waiting for more of them to basically like that old kid's story, the emperor has no clothes. You got a president that's cloaking himself in the pageantry of this office uh, while literally violating the law on a daily basis. We need more Republicans to point out this emperor has no clothes. The and pretty soon, one by one by one, I think the truth will come out. The White House has asserted uh, that it does not need to comply with congressional subpoenas for documents because the House of Representatives has not held a formal vote to open an impeachment inquiry. Uh, regardless of that legal position, 
you argue there's a process to follow here. Why shouldn't the process include a vote on the House floor to open a formal impeachment inquiry? I, I don't think that's necessary. I think, as we know by the House rules, that the Speaker can do that herself. To me, again, these are a bunch of, of the nuances of this. But what really matters to me is that people come forward and testify. You already have those texts, which are very damning, where you have high-level diplomats trying to deal with the fact um, about the White House pushing for this investigation while foreign aid security is on the line. I've been to Ukraine. I was there with Senator McCain and Senator Graham and saw for myself how much they need our country by their side as they deal with a foreign entity, as in Russia, that shot planes down over their country that's annexed uh, the Crimea in their own country. They need us, and President Trump knows that. So I think what really matters is, okay, we've got these courageous whistleblowers coming forward. Now we got to see the courage from some of the people that used to work in that White House, that were directly in the room with him, that heard when he talked about these things. Those people have to come forward. And then, of course, we need to see the same level of courage that we see from these line CIA agents, as has been reported. We need to see that from the Congress. Because to me, this is just like Watergate. You had a president that was paranoid. An election was coming up. He wanted to get dirt on his political opponents, and he sent out a group to break in to a file cabinet in the DNC headquarters. Instead, this guy, he's decided to use his clout mm-hmm. with world leaders and try to do it on a global basis. And then when they get caught, what do they do? They try to hide it on a super secret server and have the information there. They didn't have those back then in Watergate, but it is the same kind of thing. That's what we're dealing with here. And people need to think of it that way. Let me ask you, Vice President Biden defended himself when he was asked about uh, Hunter Biden's involvement with a Ukrainian company and whether it was a conflict of interest. Take a listen. It's not a conflict of interest. There's been no indication of any conflict of interest from Ukraine or anywhere else. Period. I'm not going to I'm not going to respond to that. Let's focus on the problem. Focus on this man, what he's doing that no president has ever done. No president. And to be clear, as I said earlier in the show, the Ukrainian prosecutor general says he has no evidence of wrongdoing by Hunter Biden. But I want to ask you, Senator Harris and Congressman O'Rourke have both suggested that they would not be comfortable with the child of their vice president sitting on the board of a foreign company. Would you? Uh, No, I wouldn't. And I can promise you right now, my own daughter, who's only 24, does not sit on the board of a foreign company. But that is not the issue. The issue here is what the president is doing, because we have the Ukrainian prosecutors saying that there's no evidence. There has, as you have said on your show, multiple people looking at this, uh, that there's no evidence that the vice president did something wrong here. Um, And so what really matters is that the president was repeatedly trying to get dirt on a political opponent. That is the issue here. And um, we have seen this. We've seen this president. He does not know the line from the moment he stood in front of that wall of stars of the deceased CIA agents, stood there on that sacred wall and gave a partisan speech. He believed Vladimir Putin over his own intelligence directors, Jake. Mm -hmm. Time and time again, this guy goes with the dictators, goes with Kim Jong-un over the interests of America. And I think we need a president that's going to put the interests of the people of this country 
those workers, the farmers in Iowa, the people I'm here with right now in New Hampshire, the veterans I'm going to be meeting with in an hour, to put their interests in front of his own or her own political and business and partisan interests. This guy hasn't done that. That is why the House is looking into this, because it is a security interest for our country, a violation of the law. It is very straightforward. And to not do it would be to shirk our constitutional duties. It was James Madison that said at the Constitutional Convention that the reason that these provisions for impeachment should have been and were included Mm -hmm. in the Constitution was because they feared that a president could betray the trust of the American people to a foreign power. Those were the words of one of our founders. And that's what's happening here. All right, Senator Klobuchar, thanks so much. You should learn some uh, Daniel Webster for the New Hampshire crowd you're about to talk to. But I appreciate your references. OK, I'll, I'll, I'll beef up on that on the way to the, on the, way to the American Legion. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks so Dave. much. Appreciate it, Senator Klobuchar. Coming up as Democrats pursue an impeachment inquiry, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is looking to the past, reminding the president of a rule from his casino days. Donald... You used to own a casino. You know the house always wins. <laughs> this business of high crimes and misdemeanors goes to the question of, uh, of whether or not uh, the person serving as president of the United States put their own interests, their personal interests, uh, ahead of public service. Then Congressman Mike Pence on impeachment talking about that in 2008 in the House Judiciary Committee. I think he's changed his mind on that subject now. Let's discuss. Uh, Linda, let me start with you because you actually served as a staffer on the House Judiciary Committee uh, during uh, Watergate. Uh, I think that then Congressman Pence... Had, the, had it right, and Vice President Pence, maybe not so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. It's like the invasion of the body snatchers. <laughs> I don't know who these people are. I mean, they have so changed their tune. This is really serious. One of the reasons I became a conservative, I was a Democrat back in those days when I was on Judiciary Committee. One of the reasons I became a conservative was that I really believed that the Republican Party was devoted to the truth, that we believed in ideals, that we were devoted to the Constitution. And what I see happening now is people who are absolutely abrogating their duty. They are putting politics first and they're scared. They're scared of Donald Trump. And do you have any concerns that as somebody from a red state, if a, if a blue town, uh, that Democrats are, are going too far too fast? No, I think it was a little bit hard for people to get to the impeachment, you know, past the Rubicon, but I think the president made it impossible for the country to look away. And through all the noise, essentially, I just think everybody's got to do that duty. If you go back and look at the minutes from the Constitution Convention, listen to what Madison say, if you read the Federalist Papers 65 and you listen to what Hamilton wrote, it's clear that this is one of the exact reasons they put the impeachment clause in the Constitution. It's a very sobering, serious moment for the country that I think we ought to look at very squarely. And simply, I think people just need to do their duty and let the chips fall where they may. Amanda, the president and his team are saying, hey, he has a responsibility to ferret out corruption wherever it may be. When asked by the reporter uh, Eamon Javers, uh, I think on Friday, about whether or not he could name another time that he called for such an investigation by a foreign leader into somebody who wasn't a political rival. Well, listen to his response. (laughs) 
for any corruption investigations that don't involve your political opponents. That is, are there other cases where you, you know, I, we would have to look. We would have to look. I think they're still looking uh, because I'm, I'm pretty sure he hasn't. Well, if he wants some information on this, he, there's someone he could ask, his former campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, who sits in jail right now for um, meddling in Ukrainian elections and taking lots of money from pro-Russian forces in that area and not reporting it. So there's some corruption who he might be interested in. But here's the thing. We're all on Fifth Avenue right now. He did the deed in broad daylight. He called for foreign adversaries to interfere in the elections after he did it with Russia, after he did it in the transcript, and then he did it in the White House lawn. And so this is something you can't look away from. There's a lot of Republicans ducking and covering. They're in the alleyways. They don't want to come out on the street. But you will have to line up on one street on the other or the other on this question. Behind Donald Trump, who supports cheating to win elections, because that's what really this boils down to, or do you oppose it? And these Republican senators really should engage in some self-reflection. Do you want China, Ukraine, you name it, coming after you, your family, your campaign? Because if you don't stand up to it, fair game. And uh, the Secretary of State uh, said uh, in Greece uh, just yesterday, I believe, uh, that this was all normal. Take a listen. Of course. Look, nations do this. Nations work together and they say, boy, goodness gracious, if you can help me with X, we'll help you achieve Y. This is what partnerships do. It's win-win. It's better for each of us. I don't, I, I'm not offended when your prime minister asks me, can you, can you help us with X? Right? It doesn't, doesn't bother me a lick. I mean, that, by the way, that is him confirming a quid pro quo. If you can yes, help me with yes. X, we'll help you achieve Y. Yes. I mean, we already know there was a quid pro quo. We already know exactly what Trump was trying to do. And, you know, I keep thinking about that part in the Mueller report where Bob Mueller kept saying that a, a lot of the obstruction happened out in the open. I mean, so, of course, Trump said the other day, China, you know, I mean, imagine if I said to my t a teacher, I cheated on my test, but I'm telling you that I cheated on my test, so it's okay, right? I mean, it's outrageous. And the fact that the Republicans are hiding in the background, as you point out, Amanda, it's shameful. And I have to say, you know, we've talked a lot about, I mean, I think everybody assumes, oh, Trump's going to get away with it and it's bad for the Democrats. Mm -hmm. I hope it's bad for the Republicans. Shame on you. And I, I say that, you know, to my Democratic friends, we have to raise the temperature and make sure that we take out anybody who decides that they think it's okay to protect this president when he's willing to completely shred our Constitution. I just want to play sound from a different Republican Secretary of State. Here's a former uh, Joint Chiefs Chairman uh, Colin Powell uh, talking about the state of the Republican Party with my colleague Fareed Zakaria. The Republican Party has got to get a grip on itself. Right now, the Republican leaders and members of the Congress, both Senate and the House, are holding back because they're terrified of what will happen to any one of them if they speak out. Will they lose a primary? And you can watch more of that interview uh, on Fareed Zakaria uh, coming up uh, next. You wanted to respond he to He was that? talking about the nature of sacrifice. And sometimes people are called to do that duty, irrespective of what the consequence is going to be. This is a very serious moment. Stated really simply, the president of the United States worked with a foreign government to undermine our elections. That is against the law. And the simple question for the country is, is the president above the law? If, I, if our union's going to stand, the answer has to be no. Nobody's above the law. Everyone stick around. We're going to keep talking about this. <clears throat> Pardon me. Coming up, Senator Bernie Sanders reveals that he suffered a heart attack this week. What are his next steps and the next steps to the presidential campaign? Stay with us. This is the guy that's unhinged. He is unhinged. 
I worry about what he's going to do, not about me or my family. I worried about what he'll do in the next year in the presidency as this thing continues to rot on his watch. This guy, like all bullies, is a coward. He does not want to run against me. That's what this is about. Former Vice President Biden uh, changing his strategy this week uh, with a very fiery response to President Trump. Let's discuss. Uh, Karen, let me start with you. Do you see impeachment as hurting the Democratic presidential candidates in any way in the sense that this is really going to be the big story in Washington going forward, at least until it's over? I don't. And I'll tell you a couple of reasons. Number one, if it wasn't impeachment, if it wasn't this situation, it'd be something else, because this is the way Trump plays this game. Right. Having been in the middle of it in 2016, if it wasn't Joe Biden, it would be Elizabeth Warren and it would be some other, you know, trying to throw out a shiny object that we would be fighting about, that we would be he'd be trying to create a false equivalence around. And I also think these candidates have done a pretty good job of trying. You know, there was a a panel last week on gun safety in Las Vegas. I mean, I think on the on the trail, the mm-hmm. voters are still talking to them about other issues that they care about. And I think that's the most important thing. I think the challenge that the Biden team has had, and I, I personally think they've done a good job. It's a hard place to be when you're fighting against the Trump machine, um, you know, to both push back on the substance and to push back also on, you know, you've got to have Biden out there in some moments standing up for his family and showing how angry he is, because there is a question. People will say, well, if you, you know, when you don't show your anger, I think voters get a little so questioning. But- let's talk about the substance for a second, um, because Biden has been very aggressively pushing back. And again, for the third time, the prosecutor in uh, Ukraine has said that there's no evidence of wrongdoing by Hunter Biden. But there is the question of the appearance of impropriety or an appearance of a potential conflict of interest, uh, at least according to Washington Post columnist David Ignatius, who writes, Biden deserves some blame, too. Putting aside the false Trump conspiracy theories about him, Biden used poor judgment in playing a role on Ukraine policy while his son Hunter was working for Ukrainian gas company Burisma. Denying this obvious fact only weakens the Democrats' case against Trump. Again, talking about this is not to undermine the fact that what the president is doing is something we've never seen before and is it is the main topic of the show. But does David Ignatius have a point? I think he does. But it's just a it's a strange point in the context of the fact that the president's children are both working in the White House and still doing business with foreign governments as well. And so, yeah, I think I think that is a reasonable point to be made. However, it it should never take focus away from what the president did, which is to work with foreign governments to undermine our elections. I think that's right. But but I want to get back to the question of whether impeachment is going to hurt the Democrats. And I and I do believe because I was in Judiciary Committee at the time and uh, during the Nixon impeachment, it could hurt the Democrats depending on how they play it. And one of the things that I think is really dangerous is if you have a bunch of Democrats who want to see, you know, want to see their face on cable television and decide to give speeches. And this is what they've done so far in the hearings all year. Rather than hiring somebody and during the impeachment time, it was John Doerr, who was the uh, attorney uh, who asked most of the questions. You've got to have a professional there getting to the bottom of what happened. And you cannot have people grandstanding and. Uh, you know, Chairman Schiff had, you know, caused himself a lot of problems uh, by his behavior uh, during the, the first hearing. Yeah, the, with that parody yeah, the dialogue parody, that wasn't know. real. Yeah, 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 that and and but it isn't just that it's everybody trying to hog the camera. This is not about FaceTime on television. This is about 
something very serious in our Constitution. Yeah, I think we need to zoom out a little bit because there's going to be dueling storylines. The impeachment is going to happen in the House, and the Republicans will take any opportunity to exploit vulnerabilities if the Democrats make mistakes. But with this question of Joe Biden, he is going to have to absorb these attacks from Trump. And one of the startling things is in one of the stories he told his friend, Senator Chris Coons from Delaware, I can't believe he's going after my family. Really? Where have you been, Joe? Um, Of course, uh, President Trump is going to go after your family. And this isn't a new story that's been around. This has been in the Clinton cash book. This has been floating among Republican circles for a long time. And if you zoom out a little bit more, there's a lot of suspicion in the electorate that people are unfairly profiting off the political system. This was the same line of argument against Hillary Clinton and the Global Foundation when she was raking in big speech money and people didn't know what she was doing with the Iranian rum. Uh, uranium one. It's the same thing. So Joe Biden absolutely should have seen this coming. Yeah. Why is it taking him so long? He says, I'm going to beat Trump like a drum. Well, what are you waiting for? I don't, Where are you? Where there. is he on I think, Sunday? But he, but he has been. I mean, look, I think he hasn't he done any big, Sunday show interviews. Is I think true, one point you're but, making. Yeah. But OK, at the same time, you just played a clip. He it mm-hmm. was perfectly happy several times to go in front of the press and talk to the press that are traveling with him and make his statements. They, he put out an op-ed today. And again, this is the thing you have to realize about this, you guys. Have, again, having been through it, it's not just about the candidate. It's about how the campaign handles it, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's how, because the Trump machine just puts it out. And, they've been and you've got to respond. No, they have not. Yes, they have not. The very first weekend this came out, they put out a whole memo. Last, last word. Uh, uh, it's easy to beat on, 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 on the vice president. But interestingly, enough he's had the kitchen sink thrown at him by everybody that's running on both sides and he's still standing that's right and he's pushing back so maybe he hasn't handled everything perfectly but he's still there and i think that's pretty instructive great panel thank you so much every one of you for being here really appreciate it coming up just imagine about five or ten years in the future how will republican lawmakers be judged for the way they responded to president trump today history does give us a clue and that's next stay with us Welcome back. From the moment that Wisconsin Senator Joe McCarthy began his smear campaign in February 1950 up until his censure by the U.S. Senate in 1954, the story of McCarthy was not just the story of indecency and lies and lawbreaking. It was also the story about just how much Republican lawmakers were willing to take. After all, many of them knew that what McCarthy was doing wasn't just wrong, it was corrupting the nation. But they were Afraid of him turning his sights on them, they feared the wrath of his political power. You know, when you go back and read about that period, what really stands out is how much McCarthy's contemporaries are judged today by how they handled him. Senator Margaret Chase Smith, Republican of Maine, a hero of the current Senator Susan Collins of Maine, had a long trailblazing career, but her obituary in the Washington Post referred to her moment standing up to McCarthy, her declaration of conscience in 1950, as her finest moment in politics. Conversely stands the example of Ohio Senator Bob Taft, the Senate Majority Leader, who knew better. He once called McCarthy reckless and McCarthy's charges bunk. But Taft essentially ended up casting his lot in with the smear artist from Wisconsin, Taft no doubt hoped that the political calculation would all pay off when he ran for president again and then began truly writing his own legacy. The problem is Taft dropped dead in 1953. And we don't get to write our own obituaries or judge our own legacies. Cowardice is now part of his. There are empirical wrongs in the world 
Smearing innocent people is one of them. Using your political office to push foreign nations to dig up dirt on your political opponents is another one. That is not what foreign policy is for. You know this. I know this. And I would bet that most Republicans on Capitol Hill know this. They would do well to remember the lessons of Senators Smith and Taft. Because history will one day come looking for them, too. She will want to know what they said and did during this time. And she will likely not be in a forgiving mood. Fareed Zakaria is next. Quality sleep is essential. And that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.